To begin, I would like to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who are present. Um, may it truly be a blessed day and be enjoy the gift of the day with your, your children and maybe even grandchildren, however far that motherness has spread to generations even beyond yourself. Um, and all those who've lost their mothers, may, uh, may their mothers be there in that eternal kingdom, the place where Christ has already prepared for them to take them to himself. In the gospel, to, in the first reading today, I, I really am glad that story is there because it talks about conflict that occurred in the early community. Um, St. Luke presents such an idyllic picture at the beginning when they all did everything in common. They rejoiced at the temple and they just held everything in common and everything seemed so idyllic. But here we see a story that there was conflict that arose. The Greek people did not feel that their widows were being shown the same concern and care that the Hebrew widows were being shown. And so they addressed the apostles on it. They called that complaint to the apostles' attention. And so they said, yes, you're right. It does need to be addressed. We need to take care of that. But we need to find others who are able to take care of that and do that. Just a little aside on this, what struck me was this, you know, like with the Knights of Columbus, Father McGivney basically was concerned about those families who had lost the father, who had lost the husbands, the breadwinners. And so often the young teenage boys especially would often get in a lot of trouble because they lost their dad. They often really were kind of desperate too and there was no kind of social system that looked after the families. And so he wanted the knights, the, the men of the, of the parishes to begin to look after those families and to assist them. That was the reason for the formation of the Knights of Columbus. And I don't think the church has done too good of a job in looking after the families where the father has been lost for whatever reason. Um, we didn't do too well with families going through a divorce um, that really wasn't very helpful. They often found themselves very much alone. And how often would they really find the support of the church when they often felt they actually didn't belong there anymore, that many people who had gone through for divorce felt they were not wanted or not included. They're no longer part. And not a very good example or compassion for those who are in need. And I think whatever the reason, the church perhaps needs to look at reestablishing the role of deacons in parishes, the deacons would be men chosen who are very reputable, who can look after and help deal and respond to those families that may be in crisis, that may be in need. And what if we made that as a priority in our parishes these days? It's just a thought because there have been many mothers who've tried to raise their families on their own and have not received really very much support from the parish communities that they were a part of. I'm just throwing that out there. <clears throat> Since we celebrate Mother's Day, I'm, I'm going to be a little personal today. <clears throat> um, and I only have so many weeks yet here with St. Lawrence Parish till the middle of August, so I thought it's okay if I share some personal things. 
Those of you who know me and those many of my classmates who are still a part of St. Lawrence know uh, some of the story that I've, that I've shared with them. When, my mother, when I was three years old, my mother had a breakdown. My sister Rhea was four, I was three, Kathy was one and a half. Chris had been born in January and mom was now pregnant with the one who became Marietta. So she had four children and one on the way, four years and under. I can understand why she had a breakdown. Anyway, it was actually Easter morning because I was all excited to jump out of bed to look for my Easter basket. And dad came and told me to be quiet because mom wasn't feeling well. The curtains never opened that day. The house was kind of really in darkness. That afternoon, the ambulance pulled up and the men with the stretchers came in, or the, the stretcher. And uh, I was standing out on the porch when mom was carted out and placed in the ambulance. And I just remember being in a state of just depression. Uh, my world had collapsed. Um, the first year that mom was in the hospital, there was a couple that dad hired to look after us. And the woman really was very mean. I think dad probably found us crying too many times that he knew that didn't work. So he asked his brothers and sisters, my aunts and uncles, if they would take us in. My Uncle Pat and Aunt Regina had gotten married in April, and in August they had a new son. <laughs> um, the same year that they got married, just a few months, April to August. And uh, we lived in an apartment upstairs, and they were very kind to me. The only thing I disagreed with was castor oil. But anyway, other than that, they were really fine. <laughs> but eventually, they moved, they built, had a new home built, and we moved to that home. And when they built that home, I just kind of felt, okay, my mom and dad must have died. I hadn't seen dad for like two years. Um maybe just about a year by that time. And we moved to the new home. I said, okay, this is my family. This is my home. Um, and then after I finished first grade in Alexandria, and that'll be one of the three parishes I'm a part of after this, uh, was Alexandria. That's where I went to first grade. My aunt said, well, your dad's going to come and pick you up and take you home. It's like, I already have a home. This is my home. I don't know him now. I, I don't know him. And so when dad did pick me up and take me, it was bringing me actually to Muncie, I felt I was in a household of strangers because I didn't know anybody. I hadn't really seen mom for like three years. I was now seven. So from the time I was four, I don't think I don't remember seeing her. And I hadn't seen dad probably for the last two years when that happened. That I grew up really feeling like a stranger in my own family um, because I didn't know them. And then so when went off to the seminary after eighth grade, I just really became somebody who was place to place to place. Say Wawasee, St. Mindred, New Orleans, I came back to St. Lawrence and was ordained here, but um, the rectory was not really a good home. 
The people of the parish were fine, loving and caring. It was nice to experience that. And then moving from parish to parish to parish, a lot of parishes. After all these years, that's why I asked the bishop if I could come back to the only place that really had something of home for me. And the home wasn't that my family or relatives were here. They're scattered all over the country. Rather home because this is where I was most at home and with the classmates still around, feel most at home. And I was thinking then in particular because in the gospel today, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'll come back to take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. He announces to his apostles he was going to go home and he's going to prepare a place for all of his disciples to join him in his eternal home. I never thought of these words, just I know the scriptures are meant to us. But when I thought of it in terms of hearing the words of Jesus speaking those words to me of saying, David, I go to prepare a place for you. And I'll come back to take you to be with me, so that where I am, you also may be. Finally, being invited someday to not too many years from now, I imagine, to finally come home. I just would like to invite each of you to take those words and allow Jesus to call you by name and say to you, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come back again to take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. You know the way that leads to where I'm going. Lord, I don't know where you're going. It's that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, aware that he has prepared a home for us, that his way that he shows us is a way of laying down one's life out of love for others. That is his way, the way we're called to follow. How could we not want to invite others to him, to hear his words, because it is only through him that we come to the Father. Only through him do we come to our eternal home. How important it is that we share that with others, that others know truly he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. God bless you.